0: Hello, this is the World Economic News by Coldwater Economics for Tuesday, the 11th of August. Today I'm going to highlight China's July money and banking numbers and the UK's latest labour market data. First, China's July money and banking numbers were dour. To an extent, you expect retrenchment in July because, after all, this is the month for resetting the clock after the mid-year budget-making blowout. Usually, then, you'd expect M1 to fall about 1% month on month and M2 to rise only about 0.3%. In fact, this July, M1 fell 2.2% month on month and M2 also fell 0.4%. And for those of you statistically inclined, that's a deflection of 0.8 and 0.9 standard deviations below trend, respectively. M2 Uh, failed 940 billion, while bank lending rose 990 billion, with lending to households up 758 billion, and to corporates up 265 billions. But those loans simply didn't make it back into the system as deposits. And in fact, the banking system saw a net deposit outflow of 910 billion, sharply worse than you'd expect. And the loan to deposit ratio pipped up another 50 basis points to 80.1%, which, in recent times is a joint record high. Meanwhile the broadest measure of finance, new aggregate financing, came in at 1.53 trillion. This wasn't exceptionally bad but apart from bank lending the only things making positive contributions were corporate and government bond issues and in both cases these were down from what happened in July last year. Conclusion? Well, the financial support offered to the economy primarily in March and April is winding down and winding down perhaps faster than anticipated. Not only that, the rise in the RMB, uh, it was up 1.1% against the dollar in July and so far it's up another 0.7% in August. That rise only amplifies the tightening in China's monetary conditions. And this looks like a a policy decision, a clear case, in fact, of monetary tightening, offsetting the dramatic fiscal loosening, which was still in full flood in the second quarter. Over to Europe. The UK's monthly labour market numbers have become a bit of a Rorschach test, where you see what you want to see or are preconditioned to see. There's evidence here of disaster if you want it, but also hope if that's what you need. This is not necessarily through bad faith or stupidity, but because the situation is genuinely complex. Virtually all the headline numbers are reshaped at a definitional level by the scaffolding of government measures supporting employment. Nothing, then, is quite what it seems. That said, I think there was genuinely slightly more good news than bad, with little real sign of an employment Armageddon just around the corner. First. The number employed dipped only 24k on the month or by 0.1% month on month and that's well within the sampling error. Similarly the number of redundancies rose only 27k on the quarter to 134,000. Now yes that's the highest since 2013 but historically still very modest. After the financial crisis redundancies were running at over 300,000 per quarter. And in addition, the number of vacancies actually rose 33k on the month, that's up 9.8% to 1.338 million. When you get into the weeds, however, almost every figure is materially affected by government actions. Take employment. Over the quarter, the number of full-time workers rose 144,000, but part-timers fell 364,000. Again, the number of self-employed fell 238,000, but the number of employees working full-time rose 301,000. What explains these dramatic divergences? Well, the better financial support offered to employees versus a self-employed must surely be playing a major role. Similarly, it's difficult to know whether or how the claimant count of 2.7 million is being inflated by incentives. And it's also difficult to know how to interpret the 730,000 fall in PAYE returns since March. Is that a real result or again, just an artifact of creative accounting adapting to government measures? What does seem intuitively likely and to have supported in the data is that offered unprecedented financial support, a portion of the labor force is, and I know uh, no other way of putting it, taking a paid holiday. The numbers inactive rose 82,000 on the quarter to 8.435 million, with the inactivity rate up 20 basis points to 20.4%. That rise in inactivity breaks a long established trend of UK inactivity rates falling and falling. Does this look like a disaster? No, it looks like some people taking a breather. It becomes a problem only if they decide not to get back to work will they so decide? I doubt it because it will be going against long ingrained habits, trends and expectations but we're going to see soon the furlough measures which have supported the labour market at the cost of making the data difficult to read are being phased out from August to October. We'll see how the data shakes out. However throughout this process things will almost certainly look worse than they actually are because when you get major structural shifts in the labour markets, the victims are very visible. All those restaurant chains, all those shops, but the beneficiaries are not worth bearing in mind. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. I hope you got something out of it and if you did, please help spread the word. Um, and if you'd like to know more about cold water Economics, please feel free to contact me, Michael Taylor on m j t coldwater at fastmail dot com thank you.